Hello and welcome to the Avocado Social Club, a podcast where we talk about things that come up on our everyday conversations, from politics to popular culture. My name is Natalia and I'm from Mexico City. And my name's Fraser and I'm from London. Hope you enjoyed our mental health series. We took a bit of a break after doing that, but yeah. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, and definitely, if you're interested in any of the episodes, three really good episodes, I think, where we spoke to three very different people mm-hmm. about their perspectives on mental health and well-being. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have a few more guests coming up, but today it's just us two. Yes. So, what what have we been up to? What have we been up to? Good question. So, we've been, as everyone has, we've been watching a little bit of TV and film one thing that we just started is a French show called The Bureau, which was recommended by my parents, which is nice. Which Fraser's parents, they described it as the best thing they'd ever seen. They, so. I don't know if they said that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like a French thing, a bit like spooks about yeah, kind of spy. spies and drama and yeah. yeah. So that's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, we, I'm enjoying it after yeah. two episodes. Yeah, we're two episodes in. <laughs> Um, also two episodes into the new The Politician, which I think I'm enjoying more than the first series because the first series definitely felt a lot more, and there's a point because I were in high school, but it felt a lot more high school drama than this one. So I think I'm enjoying the second one more, which is strange, but again, only seen two episodes. Is that on Netflix? That's on Netflix. Yeah, that's a Ryan Murphy show. I'm pretty sure. And I also watched Little Fires Everywhere, which is on Amazon. That's quite good. That's a miniseries based on a book by Celeste Nug, I think. It's NG. I always find it hard to pronounce the last name. But you can probably hear me talk about it on the podcast, The Book, about a year ago. And yeah, the series is quite good. It's produced by Hello Sunshine, which is Reese Witherspoon's production company. It was done, she stars in it with Kerry Washington. And let me find the name of Kerry Washington's daughter in it because... She is so good. Lexi Underwood. So she's amazing in it. And I don't think she's done very much. But yeah, anyway, really enjoyed the interactions between her and um, Kerry Washington, who plays her mother. Cool. Um, yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a good show to watch. It's available everywhere on Amazon Prime. So you can watch that. And what about books and articles? I know you've been reading a little bit <laughs> yeah i haven't had a very good reading month actually but i did read a very small book called weather by jenny ophill yeah i'm gonna say ophill because a lot of people pronounce her name like awful but i don't like that so <laughs> i'm gonna call her ophill it's a very short book it's about 260 pages something like that and it's written in vignettes so to me it almost felt like scrolling through twitter <laughs> and it's about a Wait, so what does that mean it's written in very small sections. Okay. So, yeah, you kind of keep reading it because you're like, oh, my, I saw already the next little section. And a lot of the sections have punchlines, like very funny or disturbing punchlines. So it kind of, it means that you keep reading. A lot of people read it in one sitting, two sittings. It's very, mm. it's very quick to read. And it talks about climate change and sort of, the cur- our current relationship with the planet and so this whole doomsday belief and yeah it's about a woman in her 40s or 50s who gets into a project with a friend of hers who's a very successful podcaster and she podcasts about climate change and she has to answer all kind of the fan mail of people who are kind of doomsday believers okay so that's that's what it's about Cool. Yeah, and also podcasting wise, 
I recommended last week Code Switch by NPR and they released a very good episode last week called Why Now White People which talks about the entire BLM movement why it's being more sort of adopted by white people than it had before like for example in the Ferguson protests most people in the movement were black and now it's kind of a 50-50 protesting um, environment which is interesting and they talk about why and whether it's a pandemic and yeah it's a very well researched podcast and it's very short snippets of episodes so I will recommend that one if you listen to one what else have we been up to in terms of doing things not too much given that we just started to come out of lockdown I guess so we've been walking around London which is nice it's nice to go at the weekend when it's quiet it's always quiet on a Sunday and stuff in a lot of places in London in the centre but it's good fun to head out and see the buildings and just take your time knowing that you're not missing out on doing anything else if you're just walking yeah whereas normally there's so much to do at the weekend that you don't always have time to just kind of go yeah, you can maybe walk. stop for a coffee, or you, which we yeah. did. But you, you, we, we actually had our first barista coffee since lockdown started. <laughs> that was good. But we yeah. did. You don't sit inside and things, so all you do is walk. So yeah, that's a yeah. yeah. Definitely got to know the local area as well a lot more during the last few months, which has been nice in a lot of ways. Yeah, I've kind of kind of fallen back in love with Peckham for you, I think maybe. Hmm. And I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed seeing around. I think that's what people say has been good about their lockdown is just being able to get to know their, the place that they live in because we're always so desperate to go into Central, I suppose. Yeah. And we've also been indoors because we're doing some big projects for our clothing brand, Mexi Clothing. More on that soon. Yes. Cool. So on to today's topic, and it's something that has been around for a while, but that we've just not done an episode on yet. And actually, maybe it's interesting for us to think about the context of why we're doing this episode now. Mm -hmm. That thing is cancel culture. So the big one. The big, the big one. Whatever that means. So, <laughs> I mean, they're all big ones. The topics we do. Yeah. But um, this feels like a pertinent subject to mm -hmm. approach so what is cancel culture that's the first question and there's different definitions what was the one you found yeah so i found that it is being culturally blocked from having a prominent public platform or career whether through boycotts of your work or disciplinary action from an employer which basically means either being fired or people boycotting your work from the outside yeah or, uh, or even having having that happen to you because of external pressure, I guess. So being fired because of but, but people it's not, pressuring. I guess, yeah, I guess it's like if people pressure someone to cancel your performance or cancel your show. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's not, it's not even like you're fired. It's just like you won't be hosted. Yeah, so I think that by people putting pressure, what we mean is like social media is something that has exacerbated cancel yeah. culture. It didn't necessarily start it, but mm. when we now say things like you're cancelled or this person's cancelled, that definitely comes from social media. There's different thoughts about where it started. Some people say it's on YouTube, some on Twitter. Don't really know. Yeah. It's yeah. like social media pressure from people who probably wouldn't have had a voice before now being able to have a voice and put pressure on things that 
they wouldn't have been able to before. Right, exactly. And whereas before you would have had to have a, like a massive public protest yeah. to impact change or get thousands of people to write letters to people and find yeah. those people yourself and get them all to do that. Because of the, inf- the way information spreads online, you can now achieve those kinds of movements really quickly. And so I guess thinking about the origins of it, as you were saying, some of those are from recent developments that by and large are positive. So things like the Me Too movement and yeah. the fact that like, obviously it's a terrible thing that has happened in the past, but the movement and the fact that that's taken place is a good thing for the world, even yeah. if it's about like, but it's had it's revealed a lot of bad things. And Black Lives Matter started yeah. on Twitter, and you know the Arab Spring started on Twitter. All these, right. I mean, that's a different, that's, <laughs> that's a completely it's different. Bigger than cancel, it's like different to cancel culture, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there's a lot of. I feel like cancel culture has become an umbrella term for a lot of things, right. which is something that we want to talk about yeah. because it has kind of become. It almost means nothing now to say you're cancelled, and I don't know if you have any. Thoughts about that phrase? Yeah, so I was reading an article on Time magazine mm-hmm. online that basically said it shouldn't be a catch-all term, and I guess this is this what we're going to come on to next, and that effectively people now say cancel culture for basically anyone is cancelled for any different reason. So, yeah. for example, Harvey Weinstein, now, he's not he's not cancelled. Like, he's facing criminal charges he's and like in jail right he's yeah. he's he's incarcerated yeah so, he's literally yes incarcerated. everything he's involved with going forward is cancelled hmm. but it's that it's, it's kind of that's almost bigger than maybe the original idea of being cancelled which or the, the sort of more micro idea of being called out online mm, yeah i think at the, at, when the harvey weinstein thing started he's a big example of cancel culture mm. going right because that was something he was cancelled when it all started and when he hadn't been charged with anything he was still fired because of public pressure right he was still because people are like oh we we fired harvey weinstein because we found out no one found out anything they already knew mm. he was fired and his company went bankrupt because everyone knew now yeah, and because everyone of was the public the public it. aspect right so um, he was he was in the brother term in the in the term he was cancelled and that led to legal action yeah. But I think that the level of offence that Harvey Weinstein caused is very different to yeah. other level of offences where people say, you're cancelled now. Yeah, I guess. And that's that's where a lot of the kind of grey area mm. comes from, is there's sort of... Sorry. I think that the term is used in so many contexts mm. that is now kind of is meaningless because you need to talk about very specific ways in which what was the harm done who should be held accountable for that harm Mm. does cancelling jk rowling mean that transphobia is finished like it's just kind of there's a lot of little um nuances did jk rowling cause the same level of offense that harry weinstein did so i guess that's 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 maybe one distinction is between people who've caused offense through saying insensitive things versus like the Me Too movement where people literally committed criminal acts that were hidden from public view yeah. and are being called out for that versus someone saying things that aren't illegal but that might be offensive. And I guess that's where there's sort of the more controversial aspects of call-out culture from a mm. sort of future of culture online come in. 
in that if a celebrity says something that people don't like, there are calls for them to be cancelled for saying disagreeable things. So, for example, let's say someone in Britain, which is not like the US, for anyone who's not from Britain is, is listening, were to support publicly, a celebrity, it's an actor, were to publicly voice support for Donald Trump, yeah. they would, by a lot of people, dis- be disagreed with in the UK. And online, online, on Twitter, there would be calls to cancel that person. Not necessarily in the wider population or whatever their particular fan base is, but definitely online, there would be this like instant clamouring to have them... You know, if there were an actor in the theatre, they'd be calls for them to be like dropped from their play. Or mm-hmm. if they're a comedian, they'd be, you know, removed from shows or whatever, or even from their own tours and things like that. And and I guess if they're a sportsman, there'd be calls for sponsors to not associate themselves with them and things like that. And I suppose that's the more controversial and debatable aspect of call of calling out people and also cancel culture, which is that does it limit people's ability or willingness to speak publicly on things where it is about opinion rather than about criminal fact and there's clearly a difference between th- those two right we slightly touched on this when we did an episode on taylor swift mm-hmm. when we talked about how she didn't want to speak out about her political opinions because she didn't want to be quote unquote cancelled by the right because yeah. she supports the left in the u.s and i think that there's I don't know, it's very nuanced, this topic, because partly, yeah, you don't want people's opinion to be shut down, but then you also don't... When does that opinion stop being just an opinion and start causing harm? Mm. Because words cause harm. Like, yeah, obviously, again, going back to, like, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, all these people, yeah, they physically cause harm. Therefore, they're criminally... and they're criminally held account- accountable for it. But words are important and words do cause harm. Yeah. And I believe that, for example, I'm going to use J.K. Rowling again because that is kind of the context in which we're doing this. Her words cause harm. And is it then wrong to call her out on it? I, I think calling out and cancelling are different things. Okay. So let's talk about that. So... I guess what you're saying is, so let's talk about J.K. Rowling. So she obviously made some comments which were like, let's say they were mean to trans people. They weren't, you know, they weren't breaking any rules, but they weren't not, they were unpleasant comments that were not attacking, but were, Mm. yeah. I would say they were attacking. Right, okay, but fine, whatever. So maybe they, maybe they were, some people would say they were, some people would say they weren't. They were... They were critical of certain policies. Yeah, so I think that in that sense, it would be a mistake to just be like, oh, like, say no to cancel culture. She can have her own opinion. When, when an opinion is harmful to a group of people, specifically a group of people that's already harmed physically because of these ideas, because of ideas that were first put into words, I think that then there, there is a responsibility on social media and on your daily life and with people you know there's a responsibility to say this is why you're wrong and this is why what you're saying is harmful that does not mean burning harry potter books <laughs> it means telling her or explaining why she's wrong let alone to to tell to ask her to apologize which she should do mm. but let alone to do that, but so that people that support her and that support her ideas see that as well, and they see why it is a problem. 
Yeah, and so I think that's that's interesting because I guess there's a fine line between calling someone out and critiquing their views, writing articles saying, here's why I think J.K. Rowling's wrong and like yeah. sharing that opinion but and dishing out online abuse to the people who give opinions. I think that's what it, that's what it is, isn't it? That's what yeah, you're saying. I think the line is abuse as well. Yeah. And I want to bring something up that is brought up a lot with cancel culture and with kindness online, mm. and that's uh, Caroline Flack. Mm. So with uh, people from Mexico that maybe don't know who Caroline Flack is, Caroline Flack was a host... Of TV programmes, including Love Island. Including Love Island. And she was accused of... Um, assaulting her boyfriend and was then cancelled online quite literally she was dropped from love island she was mm. all that cancelled on and offline on and offline yeah. and she was having a trial and people yeah. online sent her a lot of abuse yeah and she ended up killing herself yeah and i think that that is like harvey weinstein is an example of cancel culture working caroline flat was an example of cancel culture being harmful because there is a problem with full-on cancelling people that you don't know yeah because then caroline flack's boyfriend came out and said that was it was not what people thought it was and it was not like we don't know what happened yet people sent her a lot of abuse yeah and i i think there's kind of a sort of yeah it touches on the broader points we've talked about before about hiding behind anonymous accounts online sending people abuse online and like the ability of the internet and social media to be used as a force for good by lots of small groups of people mm-hmm. or as a force for bad i guess the other question just going back to what we were talking about earlier which was about kind of causing offense to people Int- interesting i was reading an article about how there's in the uk at least legally there's sort of there's no such thing as the right to not be offended according to the former head judge at the independent press standards organization which is really important for sort of regulating media activity in the uk Mm. and that yeah effectively you can say things that are offensive and that people don't like and i guess we're at a point where nowadays you can say those things but you risk being cancelled and potentially there's there's always a question of sort of morality that is brought forward to every brand every media platform of should you host should you sponsor should you pay someone who while they may not do illegal things or even be accused of doing illegal things because that's obviously important they may say things which people don't like and hence people call for them to be cancelled and there's this whole like moral debate and we talked about this before in the context of brands and businesses and politics of is there some kind of obligation on anyone to host people or not host people that cause offence I think that depends on the morality of each company. Yeah. And I think that there is something there as well of, yeah, there, there is no right not to be offended. And you can technically, and but again, there's a thin line because this is where a lot of hate speech hides. Yeah. Technically, you're allowed to say whatever you want. That does not mean that it doesn't cause more harm. Words are important. And what you say and what you write is important. Yeah, you're not physically killing someone, but you could very well be justifying someone else doing it. Right, and it's a bit like, I think that that last specific point makes me think of Donald Trump and the fact that up until now, Twitter and Facebook have been really reluctant to censor any of his 
tweets and any of his content or hide it or flag it as really harmful or anything like that because as you say he's not or as you kind of reference he's not necessarily breaking the law himself he's not necessarily saying a racist thing in his tweet but he is saying things that are harmful and that are, can are justify, bad yeah, yeah. right uh, can justify and could, exactly as you're saying can encourage it and so the sort of a difficult one for platforms and for media because they have to on the one hand if media didn't allow dissenting voices or alternative opinion then those things are going to get driven underground or they're yeah. not going to get heard or criticism is not going to be be heard of different which people, also leads to a completely different bubbling which, yeah, of it's, revolution it's a diff- different problem yeah but at least on some at least I suppose what what you kind of alluded to is that private companies maybe do have to make a choice about what is their moral position on whether it's Donald Trump or maybe more kind of what we're talking about it's actually like celebrities and things like that and that they have to say okay we at Nike don't agree with this athlete and that's hard like that's a hard one to say we're going to choose someone who agrees with this point of view or or, Mm -hmm. and, and someone who doesn't agree with this point of view and it's my one of my favorite sports people is Lewis Hamilton. Like he's someone I've always admired for like 15, 10, 15 years as an athlete. And there's some things where he's like a top, if you like, woke kind of guy. Because he talks really eloquently about racism that he faced in sport, and he talks about it now and how it like how it's impacted his life and what mm-hmm. people should do nowadays. And he has a really good, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like I like his opinions. I like what he says. But then in other things, like he moved country to avoid paying taxes in the UK. And yet he tells people about kind of like how bad inequality is and stuff like that. And things like that don't sit right with me. Yeah. That he has kind of some things I like, some things I don't like. So as a business, what I'm trying to get to is as a business, do you support him because of one set of views that he has, which are positive? Imagine if it was the other way around. Like, let's say you didn't like what he said about his response to the Black Lives Matter protest, but you did like his, the fact he's very charitable and he, you know, helped reduce inequality. And that's, that's where it becomes super hard to choose your allegiances i think I yeah i think that this the, the what you're bringing up is something that obama brought up in a in a famous mm. cancel culture speech where he said a lot of people you don't like are very charitable a lot of people you don't like are good fathers and there is something very that is why i do believe call out culture is different to cancel culture mm. call out culture you're waiting for someone to apologize. You're expecting someone to learn. Mm. You want them to learn why what they said was wrong because you don't believe them to be a bad person inherently. Mm. Cancel culture is believing that they're inherently bad, therefore should be fired from everything, shouldn't <laughs> make any more money. Yeah. And I un- obviously that's very understandable if it's someone who sexually assaulted girls or girl, whoever. Anyway. Um, yeah. you understand yeah. that they should be fine, they shouldn't make any more money and they should go to prison. But if it's, again, going back to J.K. Rowling, I'm sorry. But <laughs> so it's a recent example. Call-out culture is expecting her to maybe say, you're, yeah, actually, I'm sorry, she won't do that because she's too proud and this mm. has happened since last year. Yeah. The transphobic comments aren't new. Yeah. But I think that there is something different there with calling for someone to lose all of their profits. And I yeah, I think that's the difference between call out and cancel. The problem comes when the person you called out refuses to apologize and continues to enhance even if not because J.K. Rowling won't say I, I don't like trans people. She won't say that. 
but that doesn't mean that her arguments aren't harmful towards the trans community. I guess the problem is some people agree with her, and so is it just does it just come down to if you agree with if you don't agree with her, then you can choose like I don't want to support yeah her and and I don't want to pay for stuff that that she that gives her yeah. royalties or whatever, or does it come down to you need to actively call on others? to like deplatform her if that makes sense so so you know do i just for example like let's say apple did something i really didn't like for example exploiting workers in china or whatever they, yeah. they do a lot of those things is it just for me to go okay i'm not i'm going to choose not to buy apple products or is it for me to kind of call on others online to like mass tweet the apple twitter account telling them to change or calling all my friends to boycott the brand like is that i think because i think that's that's where kind of cancel culture is it's 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 when it goes beyond me yeah as an individual i think there's something there that is very much like every issue in the world it's very well not not really but it is very <laughs> on a case-by-case basis in terms yeah. of cancel culture because if you told all your friends to boycott apple that's not going to do anything to apple whereas if you call it Okay, fine. Like a smaller business, right? Like you know, like a a a small chain of pizza restaurants. I mean, if if you told them (laughs) why you're boycotting them, maybe they would change it. Yeah. Or they would be forced to change it, and that's happened with things like, and obviously, Primark is not the prime example of a good company, but it did happen that because enough people said they were going to boycott them, that they had to release certain numbers on their workers Mm. that they weren't releasing before. They so were it can forced make a positive change. Yeah, I think cancer culture can definitely, yeah. if or not cancer culture, color culture can definitely bring out good things. Mm. It's The problem is when you don't allow people to learn. And this is something that we talked about as well before we started the podcast, which is when celebrities are cancelled for comments that they made 10 years ago. Right, so this is a really interesting thing because a lot of things that I've seen get where people have been cancelled... Obviously, there's been cases, as mentioned, where they've actually done something criminally wrong. Yeah. In even if it's ten, fifteen years ago, like that, you know, that's. I think we're kind of you know fully aligned on why they get cancelled for mm-hmm. those things. But I suppose it's where they've made comments, which this this one is where they've made comments where they're offensive. Now, at the mm-hmm. time, they were they they're probably still wrong, but at the time they were accepted. Even if we yeah. obviously know that they're. <laughs> They're wrong. So there's sort of an issue around things resurfacing that people said and did in the past. And now people call for them to be cancelled. They surface old interviews. They surface even tweets now where, because Twitter's been around for long enough, that's the case. And I guess there's a question for all of us, which is that have we ever said anything in the past? That we would regret That we regret, yes. Have we ever said anything that would get us cancelled? I don't know, maybe I have. I don't, I don't know. I think that there's something where, in our lifetimes, racism has always been racism. Yeah. Misogyny has always been misogyny. So if they said something racist, it would have been racist at the time. Mm. It's not that it's now become racist. No. But, yeah. but I think that what is important there, and again, call out versus cancel, you don't just find that tweet and go like, now, don't, never buy anything by them again. Mm. Don't go watch their films. Don't go to their play. Whatever it is they do. You call it out and then it's on them to apologise and right. say they've learned Right, or exactly. Not. And this is something we've we've seen a bit recently, which is that there are some celebrities who just 
get it wrong in, in those situations and they don't get it and it's clear that they get called out and they kind of like either just they just don't think either they, they, either they just carry on or they like proper double down on it yeah and just say the things again and be like nope i'd say those things again and then it's kind of that's when it moves from the call out to the cancellation referencing a specific right. mexican comedian but yes. yeah yeah we've been talking about this yeah. so um I think, if you don't apologize yeah. then you're not is right. if you don't apologize okay. or you don't show that you've grown then i get it yeah <laughs> they sh- probably shouldn't keep doing their comedy show because their jokes are racist and that's not acceptable so yeah but it is also allowing the space for people to learn mm. yeah and i think that that is important and it's important not to unless it was literally a criminal physical act or 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 yeah you know, a crime of like hate speech yeah yeah of course yeah if if someone's done that then yeah of course it's a different issue but if someone said a racist joke 10 years ago and today they say you know what that was really bad and i understand why you you need to call them out you can't mm. just let people get away with it even if they said it 10 years ago but it is on them then to apologize and to show that they've grown yeah, and actually something related to that, which I think is is highly pertinent as well, is the actual cancellation or... I don't know if it even is cancellation, but let's say there are a lot of comedy shows from anywhere from the 2000s yeah. or earlier that contain offensive stereotypes, offensive... Mm-hmm. All kinds of things. Offensive language, I guess. Is it Little Britain? Is always Little thought. Britain is, yeah. was one of the most popular shows. I didn't actually watch it, but one of the most popular shows of the 2000s in the UK. And it basically just had two comedians, primarily, playing a range of different stereotypes of people in the UK, of all different backgrounds. But it included like a lot of foreign people. It included blackface, yeah. effectively. It was um, blackface. Right, yeah. yeah. It included disabled people being yeah. like mocked and nowadays that show clearly wouldn't In be it, shown yeah and it has now been removed and it's now been sort of removed from iplayer and all the different places yeah. where you can watch it so yeah it happens to to actual shows i guess but there's a question of what about if there's a racial stereotype in a 1950s film or like there's there's like a a piece of racism in that it's like it's it's weird because because it's the 2000s you feel more comfortable saying that should not be shown mm. than you do if you're if there's like a historic film that contains those things almost because you can almost say you're you're more detached from the old thing and you can say okay this was made in a context where this was this was legal i guess or this was permitted um so that's sort of where the i think that there's something in films and tv shows that if <laughs> If, for example, Little Britain had blackface, that shouldn't still be on iPlayer. It just... Because that was racist. It's not that blackface has become bad. It was racist. So it should just be bad. And the comedians on Little Britain have said that they have multiple times said they regret doing that show. And they've grown and they've changed and they would never do it today and they regret it and they're sorry and they agree with it being pulled. Because they think it was wrong. Basically, and a lot of films, even if you say, oh, but in that context, it was accepted. That doesn't mean it wasn't already wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of films are being used to justify what happened. Like the Ku Klux Klan came from a film. 
you can't just be like, oh, but it, it was at that time. Like, that's not... Yeah. With art, I understand that people are like, oh, but you need to... And this isn't a whole other podcast topic that we could <laughs> do about shows that are yeah. outdated. But if there was something openly racist, you should probably not endorse that. People shouldn't still watch that, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> So I think one other thing that's actually interesting talking about some of these shows and, th- and the way that these things have been discovered is that, and this is something else I was reading about, is that there's actually a bit of a performative aspect to cancelling, mm. which is that if I am the person, the journalist, the journalist, it would be called a scoop. If I'm the Twitter user that goes and finds the receipts or whatever, like finds the, the evidence, like the, I am that activist that finds the kind of evidence that... Mm you know, ex-celebrity said racist things or did, you know, homophobic things or whatever, like, bad thing that they did in the past. If I'm that person, I am showing that I am woke and that I found this and that everyone who then joins in and comments and says, yes, this person should be cancelled, there is, like, inherently to it a sort of public calling out performative nature whereby, which is not the same as kind of privately expressing your individual like distaste for that person and so I think that's quite important and it obviously is important in the success of it or otherwise again yeah there's a lot of things to be said there about of there is something about oh I'm more woke than you are because I went and found this which is is definitely performative and there's other ways in which is like this actually affects me and it affected me when you say this when you when you said this in the past and you should apologize for it, mm. which is different. And I think you're right that if it started as a performative action, it probably didn't have as much impact as it would if it started out of genuine concern. Mm. And there is a whole thing mm. on Twitter now about, like, is this you? Like, that's like an, a thing. Have you seen that? No. So it's like, it's almost a meme now where people find offensive things that someone has said and they reply to them being really woke, being like, is this you? With something really offensive about it. Okay. okay. So like as if Justin Trudeau had, had tweeted against racism and someone found the blackface photo. Right. And is this you? Okay. So that is like almost it's like a, a different meme. way yeah. of Yeah. Of calling people out. <laughs> um but yeah anyway. I also want to just to finish off just say that most times cancel culture doesn't actually work. Mm. And most people who are cancelled still have who are called to be cancelled still have quite um profitable careers and for better or for, for worse. better or worse <laughs> i louis ck still has a career right and to me that seems very unacceptable mm. but it it a lot of times it doesn't actually work and i think it's become this thing where people are terrified of being cancelled most of the time it actually won't do anything to you there's very few examples where it works mm. and that's probably not not good for a lot of people but I also think that that is another reason why call-out culture is more effective. If you cancel someone's uh, favourite K-pop artist, they will just shut down. Whereas if you call it out respectfully, they might be like, oh, you're right, he's wrong. I don't know. I don't know if that's like... But cancel culture normally doesn't actually work, which is something interesting. interesting. I think that's, is that it? Yeah, I think that's it for 
this topic and indeed this week. We're really open to hearing your thoughts on this topic and any of the other things that we've discussed on the show. Yeah. Um, ways to get in touch. Primary ways Instagram because when we release an episode, we share some content related to the episode, a few kind of the things that we talked about. And yeah, I would love you to, to comment on there if uh, or send us a message on there as well. Yeah. It's, it's the Avocado Social Club. The Avocado the Social Club. And I am at underscore Natalia Vin. And I'm at Fraser D. Bell. Yes. Best way to contact us though is at the Avocado Social Club again. Awesome. We also have an email, theavocadosocialclub at gmail.com. And you can let us know any concerns, opinions, or <laughs> suggest the topics. Complaints. Or complaints as well. You can call us out. If you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> someone will in like 20 years. Yeah, someone will take this off and say we did. <laughs> We're not trying to be problematic. I won't be important enough to be cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the founders of Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's time to cut out the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye.